and we won't quit singing till that day of glory comes. Well, peace, it don't come easy. Love, it don't come free. Martin Luther King said, Lord, I have a dream. Boys and girls of every color walking side by side. Brother, sister, come on, turn that darkness into light. Brother, sister, come on, turn that darkness into light. And we shall overcome one day. We shall overcome. Deep in my heart, I do believe one day we shall connect with others in the virtual or in-person social hour after the service so that we may meet and welcome you. Finally, for those attending worship in our sanctuary at the Owen Brown Interfaith Center this morning, please take a moment to silence your cell phones and other electronic devices. We have a few announcements today. If 
you are joining us in person this morning or live nearby, come to Sanctuary B after the service until about 12.30 p.m. for card making. We'll set out tables and supplies to make cards that you can mail to friends, family, and congregants that are on your hearts and minds. We hope to see you and your card making skills there. If you're joining us virtually today, you're invited to stay in this Zoom room after service to participate in virtual social hour. This morning, participants will be able to choose a breakout room to join. And if you're interested in discussing climate justice with UUCC member Mary Rogers and others, we invite you to join breakout room one. We also hope to see you today at 4 p.m. for our monthly Black Lives Matter vigil in Columbia. Join us to give public witness to the problem of anti-Black racism in our neighborhood, nation, and world, and to show that all lives will matter when Black lives matter. Please bring your own signs if you have them. And finally, a quick update from your Board of Trustees. At our meeting this past Tuesday, the Board did an exercise to help us imagine the needs of UUCC in the upcoming budget year. We learned that the Mission Vision Covenant Committee is looking for additional volunteers and the board approved the RFP of the Group Relations Workshop Committee. You'll find details on those and more in our Good Governance blog post coming out soon. UUCC, both here in person and visit with us remotely today. My name is Paige Getty. My pronouns are she, her, and hers, and it is my great privilege to serve as minister of this congregation and to be with you wherever you are this morning. If you are in the sanctuary and need a hearing assist device, please visit the sound booth in the back of the sanctuary and they can connect you with that. Excuse me. You can find the order of service online, either using the link that has been provided in the chat or the QR code that appears on your screen now. If you'd like to follow along, please use those. 
If you're a guest with us today, please complete the visitor form, which is available either online or at the greeters table in the lobby, so that we're better able to stay in touch with one another. We will honor personal joys and sorrows early in the service this morning, so if you have a joy or sorrow that you would like everyone to know, please email it to joysandsorrows at uucolumbia.net, or in the back of the sanctuary is our book where you can write your joys and sorrows. And do remember, even remotely, you can participate in some of our worship rituals by lighting your own flame in a chalice or just a flame, by honoring joys and sorrows with your own bowl of water and pebbles or stones or marbles. So gather up your supplies and have them nearby if you don't have them already. Many thanks to all the staff and volunteers who are supporting this service today, both in front of and behind the camera. Especially now that we're back to a multi-platform experience, a robust team is absolutely critical to making worship happen every week. So thank you to all of you who volunteer your time. Today is Side with Love Sunday. It's a blossoming annual tradition among Unitarian Universalists whose public advocacy campaign with a vision of harnessing love's power to stop oppression in the world is called Side with Love. The Side with Love team produced an entire worship service inspired by the question, what if I had only 30 days to love? And that service has been offered to congregations to use in whole or in part today. Here at UUCC, we're going to use only parts of that produced service, interspersed with contributions from members of our staff and others. You've already been gifted with a beautiful anthem recorded by our own Chalice Choir and Director of Music, Michael Adcock. So thank you to all the Chalice Choir members who contributed to that. And a special shout out to Erica Chavarria, who is our guest this morning and whom you'll meet later in this month, who aren't members of our Columbia community. So I wanna tell you briefly who they are. The Reverend J.Q. Henry is an ordained Church of God in Christ minister a movement organizer and a leading scholar in black church studies and hymnody of the Christian church. Reverend Henry will be introducing and leading our first hymn in just a few minutes. We're going to hear a story from Lauren Wyeth, who is a credentialed religious educator and serves the First Universalist Church in Minneapolis. UU minister Reverend Byron Tyler Coles will deliver their own original piece of writing as a lead-in to the sermon and that sermon will be a message delivered in two voices by Reverend Ali K.C. Bell, who serves as a chaplain resident at Grady Memorial Hospital in Atlanta, Georgia, and the Reverend Anya Samler-Michael, who serves in a co-ministry in a congregation in New Jersey. You may decide after today's service that you want to watch the entire full recording that was prepared, and you can go to the Side with Love website and do that. It contains many lovely contributions and contributors that we'll not hear together today. In her introduction to this service, UUA President Reverend Susan Frederick Gray says, this worship service is the capstone to this year's 30 Days of Love, our annual opportunity to collectively nurture our spirits, deepen our understanding, and side with love by living out our values as we work together for collective liberation. At this time when elected officials refuse to enact legislation to protect voting rights or to reinforce the social safety net, 
when we face culture wars and disinformation about everything from vaccines to abortion to critical race theory, coming up with our bodies, with votes, with words to demand justice. Our shared faith, she reminds us, has the power to heal and to connect. So in the spirit of that collective strength and power, as we are committed to cultivating a world made whole, where all people are free and thriving. Let us be a blessing in this world and let us worship. Our chalice lighting reading this morning is Democracy by Langston Hughes. Democracy will not come today, this year, nor ever through compromise and fear. I have as much right as the other fellow has to stand on my own two feet and own the land. I tire so of hearing people say, let things take their course, tomorrow is another day. I do not need my freedom when I'm dead. I cannot live on tomorrow's bread. Freedom is a strong seed planted in a great need. I live here too. I want freedom just as you. Will you rise in body or in spirit? And we're going to all speak together our congregational covenant, these promises that we made to one another years ago and continue to make again and again. Strengthened by our common humanity and inspired by our seven principles, we promise to be a safe and welcoming community, to nurture each other's hearts and spirits, to delight in the beauty of our diversity, to struggle together on our spiritual journeys, and to challenge each other to live our values. Thus, we pledge our time and vigor to the continuing celebration of spirit, of the world, and of humankind. And now, will you take a moment to greet one another, either on Zoom or in person? If you want to say hello to those who are with us in Zoom, say hello to the camera in the back. <laughs> Grace and peace to you. What a joy and an honor it is to have this opportunity to share with each of you on this sturdy day of love service.
I am so blessed to share with you in song. And as we sing these particular songs and melodies, we reminisce on the matriarchs and patriarchs who really embodied the spirits of these spirituals. Spirituals hymn from what we know as the blues. The blues were simply songs about life and some of the things that various individuals would have to endure as they continue to live through life's journey. Journey with me from 1619, when the first slave ship landed in Jamestown, Virginia. There, that slave ship boat being called Jesus. There, individuals who were the strongest of the strongest, bound knee, foot, ankle, hand together as they traveled through the Middle Passage to an unknown land. But thanks be to the Almighty that sustained them. And from their experiences there from Virginia, as they build the South and as they continue to uh, make progress, they were called to do certain things, those things that allow for them to have to work uh, from can't see in the morning until can't see at night and laboring uh, uh, tirelessly. But it was the songs and the music that was birthed through those experiences that gave to them hope, that gave to them love. That same music was then translated through the 1960s, the 1619s and the 1700s and 18th century down to the 19th century, even when we get to the Jim Crow South. As we sing it in context of them, this first song is hush, listen, somebody's calling my name. Could that somebody be justice? Could that somebody be love, freedom? Oh my Lord, oh my Lord, what shall I do? Join with me in hymn number 1040, singing the journey, hush. Somebody's calling my name. Hush, somebody's calling my name. Hush, listen, somebody's calling my name. Oh, my Lord, oh, my Lord, what shall I do? Somebody's calling my name Well, it sounds like freedom Somebody's calling my name It sounds like freedom Well, somebody's calling my name Oh, my Lord, oh, my Lord What shall I do? Creeping in my room. Oh, soon one morning, death come a creeping in my room. Soon one morning, death come a creeping in my room. Oh, my Lord, oh, my Lord. 
last always Oh, I'm so glad Trouble don't last always I'm so glad That trouble don't last always Oh, my Lord Oh, my Lord What shall I do? I'm on. Good morning, everyone. My name is Robin Slaw. I'm your director of religious education, and I use the pronoun she, her. And I'm so happy to be back with you this morning. Yay. Birds <laughs> with us this afternoon. Thanks. Hi, my name is Lauren Wyeth, and I have a story for everyone, small and big. And it's kind of a small story about a small thing that my son invented. And at first I thought that maybe it was too small of a story to share here. But Adrian Marie Brown is a big thinker and writer with a big heart and a big imagination and big ideas. And she says, small is good, small is all. And I think that's true about this lesson that my son taught me. So here's the story. When Ames was very small, oh my goodness, he was such a cuddly kid. He had a lot of big feelings and he was very expressive. But sometimes when he would get hurt or frustrated, those big feelings would be too much for him and he would get overwhelmed by them. And he wouldn't want to be around anybody. So he'd run off on his own and hide rather than let anybody help him. He'd rather be somewhere where no one could find him and know how upset he was than have someone witness what he was feeling. It was almost like if somebody saw how he felt, it made the big feelings even harder for him to bear. So this one time I saw Ames fall and get hurt and go off on his own. And I wanted to help, but I didn't want to intrude. So I went over to where he was and sat a few feet away from him and asked as gently as I could, hey Ames, could I give you a little hug? And he said no by shaking his head. But then without saying anything else, he turned and moved a little toward me and he went like this. And I took my pointer finger and reached back toward his. And we sat like that for a minute with our fingers touching until he was ready to talk. He didn't want a big response. He didn't want a lot of attention. He didn't want everyone coming over and giving him advice, trying to help in a loud way. He just needed this small gesture, this finger meeting finger. We needed to start there. So this small act became a thing between us that helped us over and over again as Ames was growing up. And it didn't just help him, it helped me too. 
I remember one time when I was quite sick and I'd been in bed for a couple of days and I was not even really feeling well enough to talk. And I heard the door open and Ames crept into my room and then I felt a little finger on my finger and he stayed there beside me for a few minutes. And that was the most comfort that I had felt during that whole time I'd been sick. It was so sweet that he showed up in that way with that little act of love. And then when he got older, when he was a teenager, sometimes we couldn't seem to agree on just about anything. But if we were in the middle of a conflict and one of us would go like this, the other one would always reach back. It was like we had this unspoken pact that if someone did this, you had to meet them there. You had to match that little act of love. You had to slow down. We had to remember that, of course, we love each other. Of course, we're on the same team. Of course, we can get through this. We can figure it out together. That little act was really a helpful starting point for us many times. Small is good. Small is all. That's true in a lot of situations. It's true in our justice work too, for example. When big things, really big things aren't fair or right in the world, we might think that a small act doesn't have that much importance or isn't that useful. We think bigger is better. Of course, we want love and liberation right now. You know, we want a world where everyone knows they're loved and shows love for the earth and the animals and one another. But in our big world, there are so many ways we are not all free. We don't all have what we need. We don't all feel like we belong. There are so many things that need fixing that it's tempting to lose hope, to believe that there aren't enough people who care, that the amount of uh, love that I have to give won't be enough. How can I do anything that's going to help anyway? We can't use love, it is true, to you know, heal an illness. We can't just use love to magically clean a polluted river. Love isn't going to just change unfair laws or remove barriers that make it hard for people to vote. But remember, small is good, small is all. So there's no way to really better understand that than by watching what a small act of love can do. Because acts of love make hard things easier to bear. Like a tiny pointer finger that connects us to one other person and reminds us that we're not alone. Acts of love connect us to other people and those connection points. That's where the so I want to ask you, what's the very smallest loving action you can think of? The very smallest, the smaller, the better. If you're with other people right now, or if you are online together, maybe you can share your ideas out loud or in the chat. I know we want a whole world full of abundant love everywhere for everyone. But if we were to do just the smallest loving action, what would it be? The smaller, the better. Maybe you'd be willing 
to take one of those small actions and commit to it. Maybe you'd be willing to do that small action every single day for a week, or maybe even for 30 days to get a real streak going. And then you would find, I'm sure, that that small daily act has a much bigger impact than you would have imagined. The first day you might think, that was way too easy. What's the big deal? I should do something bigger. I'm not even sure I want to do this little thing every day. It seems insignificant. But just wait and see. Stay with the small. Small acts of love don't stay small. They expand and they grow and they spread. Dr. Cornell West says, justice is what love looks like in public. But love doesn't start in public. Love starts between you and me. Small is good. Small is all. Let's start there. Many thanks to Lauren Wyeth for that story. When we gather together, we bring all of our grief, our sorrow, our love, our hope, our celebration. And so we pause for a moment to honor those personal sorrows and joys among us, not only by giving voice to them, but also in our embodied ritual of placing a stone in a communal bowl of water, representing the way that each story ripples out and touches all of us and is held in that collective embrace. So I encourage you at home to participate in this ritual. And those of you who are here in the sanctuary, are welcome to come forward and place your own stones in the water in silence during the music meditation that will follow the prayer that Robin is going to offer after we hear our joys and sorrows. Michael, will you help by placing pebbles in the water? We have just two spoken joys and sorrows this morning. And one last stone for all of those things that you are holding unspoken in your heart. May you also be held in this loving embrace. Thank you. And now Robin has words of prayer to offer. These words are by Becky Brooks. Spirit of life, I have witnessed a loud love, an out loud love that challenges me. I did not recognize it at first, the rumble of an ocean I had long been under. But here it is right now, and it looks just like the whole world could be. It doesn't play nice 
Why should it, when Nice has only ever played it like a lullaby? This love demands. A love so loud, it lays rocks at the feet of children who can't find their path home across the pipeline any other way. This love is indifferent to tolerance. It invites you into your own heart where God, love, self has come to take tea with you. Drink and know that like other love, this love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, perseveres. This out loud love makes no secret of its aim to get you free. But first, set fires, throw the poison to the ground, match the love sound for sound. Spirit of life, come and bring everyone we're giving birth to something new. Amen and blessed be. most tedious of moments, when the heart breaks open and the spirit is weary. 
speak to me of love. When the earth cries out in despair under the weight of trash and debris, choking on poisonous plumes and darkened dust, speak to me of love. When bodies are rejected, dejected and subjugated by fear, misunderstanding, and a sheer lack of imagination, speak to me of love. When humanity is ensnared by virus deadly and individual rights are lauded as supreme, speak to me of love. When in a suspected and supposed democracy where all are equal and the ability to vote is a right, yet we make false idols of procedures and tainted halls for the pure sake of For what is love in a moment such as this? It is a force which drives and sustains us through wilderness valley to the mountaintop. It is the force behind the plow which gives forth abundant nutrients and sustenance. It is the force that rebuilds and makes things new. It is the force that shields us in truth and resiliency. Love indeed is an action. It is the reality of relationality, of mutuality. It calls us into a space of transformation betwixt and between, all while overcoming the teething, tearing desires for perfection. It is grace made known for all of us. Love, lament, and rebuild, dear one. For from the impossible to the real, to the here, to the now, to the love which binds the world together, may love be known here. Don't stop till you find it. There is more love somewhere. I'm gonna keep on until I find it. There is more love somewhere. The meaning, some would argue is almost the same. Elder Henry saying, don't stop until you find it. It's the way I learned the song in my youth, in the churches that I attended. I'm gonna keep on until I find it. That's the way I learned the song at Unitarian Universalist congregations. The message though is very clear. There is more love somewhere. We must continue on until we find that love. 
because there is more love somewhere. It is not here, it is somewhere. And we must keep on, we must not give up, we must not give in, we must continue find it. It kind of reminds me of this tweet I saw by Joel Leon. He writes, I never saw my mother walk on water, but I saw her wait for the bus in the snow to pay the rent. We define holy differently. And as a hospital chaplain resident, I have lots of time to think about what is holy and what is love. One of my favorite daily duties is joining my voice, thoughts, prayers, and intentions with those of my chaplain colleagues all over the world as we read the prayer requests that have accumulated in the prayer boxes stationed around the hospital from the night before. Some of these requests come from the same people and we find ourselves transported to them in our daily conversation of lament and thanksgiving while others are often scribbled and shoved into the box in hopes that something or someone can slow it down or make it stop. Something, something can shield them from impending doom as if they are hoping that we chaplains have been equipped with a sort of prayer shield or maybe a love shield that can shield them and theirs from it. And, and as I make my rounds, I hear people searching for the holy in their hospital rooms when they plead for a cure for what afflicts them. And sometimes I hear people utter a prayer for the holy, for intervention, for help, right before they receive the news of a loved one's death. I see people experience a heaping portion of the holy as they come through horrendous accidents, a moments everyone seems pretty clear that there's some type of something holy or big that just happened. And it is easy to see that something is holy when it defies what we think of as possible. However, love, love is holy. It is a holy act that occurs every day. It happens in ordinary encounters between strangers, between colleagues, between families and friends. And not just the romantic love of fairy tales, though there is something special and beautiful and holy in every love and every ever after. But I'm talking about the love that informs, that acts, that empowers, that invites. Love that encourages us to act for the betterment of the interdependent web of all. Love is an action, says the Reverend Ali Casey Bell, and he means it. Is it a perfect action? Is it the only right, the only right action? Will it fix everything that's broken? No, love doesn't show up that way. Chaplains know that. 
Reverend Ali knows that love does not show up in perfection, but in presence. And love, love is an action that is reciprocated indefinitely and without ending. Because we are imperfect. We are imperfect and mortal, but our love is forever. That great, great grandmother who held me once, the one I don't remember, save for the light-soaked sepia photo, I feel the love from her arthritic hands on my back. Even now when I conjure that image, it is the same love that flows through my imperfect hands when I reach out with wonder and presence without ending. Abraham Joshua Heschel, whose love, whose wonder, and whose presence, whose faith and history drew him to the work of the civil rights struggle with Reverend Dr. King. Heschel committed to King and to civil rights because that work for liberation was grounded in what he understood as the Hebrew scriptures, scriptures that, that traced the exodus from Egypt drawing attention all the while to the imperfection, the imperfection of the liberator, to the fear and the trembling of Moses, and to the trepidatious backsliding of the Israelites. Heschel committed to the work of liberation, knowing that presence was itself a prayer, a brush with the holy and, and love incarnate. I draw closest to Heschel's theology when I remember his testimony about our ego. He laughs at the way we mere humans think that we are the ones seeking, seeking the holy, but all the while it is the holy, it is the holy that is seeking us, that is waiting for us, present to us, imperfect us, vow-breaking, mess-making us. And all we need to do is, thank you, Heschel, all we need to do is allow ourselves to be found. My colleague was found. My colleague was found by a pumpkin. <laughs> found by a pumpkin at one of the most powerful protest marches I've ever been on. We were rounding the streets of Edgewood, New Jersey, days after an unlawful, unjust, injurious arrest of Black, Black Lives Matter leaders. We'd been marching to rehallow the streets to assert that no one, would turn, would turn those leaders round. And my colleague was stopped, stopped by a person who presented her with a pumpkin. <laughs> this is miles into the walk, and there was at least a mile to go, and pumpkins, they're heavy. But this one, this pumpkin said, Black Lives Matter, painted by a child's hand. It was the most improbable, imperfect gift. And that pumpkin was love overflowing. It was everything that you don't want to carry. But it was love's presence incarnate. We had been found, found by the holy, found by a pumpkin, imperfect offering, waiting for us, waiting for us, our imperfect selves, love without ending.
But what if we only had 30 days to love or lament or rebuild? What if we only had 30 days to love the world into the place that we know it could be? Now that, that seems like a tall order. It seems a bit overwhelming to consider even. In our time for all ages, we talked about how loving can be something that starts small and grows bigger. We talked about how loving is something that might even start at home. We talked about how loving is something that is something we must do as humans. And that feels about right to me. And I don't know about you, but after recently moving to a new city, I can feel that in my bones. But how do I even begin to connect to places to make a difference? I don't know. You see, I often, often get caught up in my own stuff of looking too uninformed or even worse, being too needy. I often feel really excited about finding connection in my local community and finding a way to get back into community or finding a way to make the ache stop through action. You know the ache, right? That feeling when you read, listen, watch the news, and you are just immersed in the vastness of all that is unjust, all that is wrong, all that needs people to care, people who desire to bring forth change and to create change. Yet, yet there often seems to not be enough resources, people, not enough care, not enough love. That pernicious cynicism can creep in and act as an immobilizer to, to my very real desire to act. Does that happen to you? In All About Love by Bell Hooks, she speaks of this cynicism as the great mask of the disappointed and betrayed heart. And when I read that, wow, it hit me so hard because boy, friends, I can feel that. And if we know anything, we know that as a country, we have all been betrayed by democracy, by the way we were founded as a country, by the way this country was set up at all. We know for honest and for true, we have yet to have an election where all the people who should have had the right to vote have been able to cast a ballot to vote. We know that some voting districts are rigged to make sure that the right people win. You know, we know this already. Yet we also know that in order to move our country to a place where there's a hope, a hope for fairness in our democratic process, we must act together. We have to move beyond our discomfort and connect. And now, 
now, now is the time to act. So whether your aim is to reform the system or whether your aim is to tear it down and start it over, there is a place for youth in this cacophony of loving witness. The decision to side with justice in all of its forms is loving and holy. The decision to side with justice in all of its forms is loving and holy. We have to. And Bell Hooks invites us, she says, to begin by always thinking of love as an action rather than a feeling, she explains, is one way in which anyone using the word in this manner can automatically assume accountability and responsibility. Imagine an accountable and responsible way of loving. We are often, she continues to say, taught. We have no control over our feelings, yet most of us accept that we choose our actions, that, she says, intention and will inform what we do. We also accept that our actions have consequences. And she's right. So with that framework in mind, if we only had 30 days to love, we would have just enough time to make a real connection, just enough time to act, just enough time to look too eager, to be too cynical, to get disappointed, and to remember that our actions have consequences and we are accountable for them. Love is an action. And as our dear departed Thich Nhat Hanh has shared, my actions are my only true belongings. Imagine, imagine that you only have 30 days to love, 30 days to act your love. That is not enough, not enough time to get it perfect, <laughs> barely enough time even, even to attempt to get it right. And aren't those some of the most treacherous stumbling blocks that befall us Unitarian Universalists, that befall me so incredibly? That seeking after perfection, that craving after getting it right, the right words, the best action. Rather than getting active imperfectly because there is no other way, no other way than imperfectly when we are, we are human. 30 days to love is plenty of time to let go of those impossibilities of perfect and always just right and to let love find you. Plenty of time to be present to those who are aching, to scrawl your love on a pumpkin, to defend what you mean when you utter the prayer, the prayer democracy, 
Plenty of time to offer your imperfect self for love's unfolding. Plenty to let the holy find you in your imperfection, in the work and in the action. Amen. In this service, we are, have been invited to act. And every second Sunday of the month here in UUCC, we are invited to act by giving away our financial resources to serve our community through an organization that's doing really good work. And today, for our second Sunday outreach offering, your contributions are going to go to Columbia Community Care. And Erica Chavarria is here to tell us how your money will be used for the good of our community. Welcome, Erica. Good morning, buenos dias, UUCC. My name is Erica Chavarria, a 13th year Spanish teacher at Wild Lake High School and a longtime resident of Colombia. I would like to begin by acknowledging that the immediate land on which we gather is the occupied, seized, and stolen ancestral territory of the Susquehannock peoples due to a 1652 peace treaty the Susquehannock tribes signed with the state of Maryland. To pay respect to the elders, both past and present, we are committed to continuing the fight against past and present day colonizers. Close to two years ago, on March 11th, 2020, I posted on Facebook, quote, if they close HCPSS, I volunteer to run meals to students and families who are in need or help in locations where food will be offered. Who's with me, end quote. Three days later, on March 14th, with the spirit and inspiration of the Black Panthers Free Breakfast Program in my mind and heart, I created Columbia Community Care Facebook group. A small but mighty group of educators, students, and community members began collecting donations, setting up tables at various schools across the county, and getting the word out that we were ready to serve our families who were facing exacerbated hardships due to COVID. We assured our families that we would not be asking for any identification or proof of need. Just come and get what you need, no questions asked. Within weeks, we had miles-long lines of people at our sites, lines that folks in our county could not ignore or unsee as much as they may have wanted to. A Facebook group that started with about 40 members now has over 7,500 members. With hundreds of volunteers, donors, and community partners, we have served well over 200,000 residents of Howard County. I am overwhelmed at the love and generosity of our community, and I believe that Columbia Community Care has shown the true heart of Columbia and Howard County. But the fact that we still exist is not a celebration, because we will not celebrate hunger, poverty, and injustice. But I do want to recognize the power of community when we come together to love and care for one another. It is our duty to take action to make our community a more equitable and just place. Our volunteers have been the lifeline of CCC. Our dispatch translators for our delivery service made sure that our families receiving deliveries could communicate their needs with our volunteer shoppers. This volunteer position was incredibly time consuming, sometimes a full day of work and very stressful at times. Our delivery volunteers dedicated themselves to physically challenging and stressful jobs, gathering entire grocery orders and delivering them to families in need. Thanks to the hard work of those volunteers, we have been able to complete over 13,000 home deliveries to families across this county. Columbia Community Care is not going anywhere. In fact, the needs of our community are greater than ever. 
And as we know, COVID did not cause the hunger and poverty we see, it just exacerbated it. Injustice has existed since the first invaders stepped foot on this land. Not a day goes by that I don't receive at least 10 calls or text messages asking for help with food or other supplies. Many days it becomes overwhelming to receive so many messages from people who are suffering. Our home delivery service has been on pause for several months now as our church pantries that we once had returned to normal operations. So many of our families continue to reach out on a daily basis in hopes that our delivery service is back up and running. So I'm excited to announce that Columbia Community Care has secured a new pantry space at the old Columbia Flyer Building, and we will begin to resume our delivery service in the very near future. That being said, we are going to need a ton of volunteers to get this service back up and running. Now more than ever, we need your help and generosity to continue being able to serve our families who are struggling. In a country as rich as this one, Columbia Community Care should not have to exist, but I am so grateful that it does. The theme of the powerful readings and sermon today is the strength and power of love when we put that love into action. Columbia Community Care needs your love through action in order to continue serving our neighbors in need. And while we will take action now to support our families through organizations like Columbia Community Care, it is even more important that we rise up together to fight against the systems that create the injustice, racism, and poverty and inequities that we see. I truly appreciate your time this morning. Thank you to Reverend Paige Getty for inviting me to share space with you all today, and it has truly been an honor. Thank you. Thank you, Erica, and thank you all for your generosity as you now give of your resources to serve our community. The instructions for giving will appear on your screen or in the room you may put cash and checks in the basket in the back of the sanctuary.
Reverend William G. Sinkford's words titled, Only Begun. Spirit of life and love, dear God of all nations, there is so much work to do. We have only begun to imagine justice and mercy. Help us hold fast to our vision of what can be. May we see the hope in our history and find the courage and the voice to work for that constant rebirth of freedom and justice. That is our dream. Amen. Will you now rise in body or in spirit and join in singing our closing hymn, There is More Love Somewhere. Overseas, yeah, we trying to stop terrorism, but we still got terrorism.
terrorists here living in the USA, the big CIA, the Bloods and the Crips and the KKK. But if you only have love for your own race, then you only leave space to discriminate. And to discriminate only generates hate. And when you hate, then you're bound to get irate. Yeah, madness is what you demonstrate. And that's exactly how anger works and operates. Man, you gotta have love that's to set it straight. Take control of your mind and meditate. Let your soul gravitate to the love, y'all, y'all. What you preach and what you turn the other cheek. Father, 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 help us and some guidance from above. These people got me, got me questioning. Where is the love? Where is the love? Where is the love? Where is the love? It just ain't the same. Always you change. New days are strange. Is the world insane? If love and peace are so strong, why are the pieces of love that don't belong? Nations dropping bombs, chemical gases filling lungs of little ones with ongoing suffering as the youth are young. So ask yourself, is the loving really gone? So I could ask myself, really what is going wrong in this world that we living in? People keep on giving in, making wrong decisions, only visions of them dividends. Not respecting each other, denying thy brother. A war is going on, but the reason's undercover. The truth is kept secret, it's swept under the rug. If you never know truth, then you never know. Love, what's the love, y'all? Come on, I don't know. Where's the truth, y'all? Come on, I don't know. Where's the love, y'all? People killing, people dying, children hurting, you As I'm getting older, y'all people gets colder. Most of us only care about money making. Selfishness got us following the wrong direction. Wrong information always shown by the media. Negative images is the main criteria. Infecting the young minds faster than bacteria. Kids wanna act like what they see in the cinemas. Yeah. Whatever happened to the values of humanity? Whatever happened to the fairness and equality? Instead of spreading love, we're spreading animosity. Lack of understanding leading us away from unity. That's the reason why sometimes I'm feeling under. That's the reason why sometimes I'm feeling down. It's no wonder why sometimes I'm feeling under. Gotta keep my faith alive if love is found. Now ask yourself.
Talk go.